Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm here live at AICPA Engage with Michael Kravchak of Lumik. Lumik you. Lumik you. <laughs> we just went over this. We ad. just went over this. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I joke because I, when I when I first encountered your name, I had this thing called Lumique in my my brain. Especially since you were from Canada, it, it had that little Canadian French thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where I go. But let's tell our audience what it is that you guys do. Yeah, well, we have a podcasting platform where CPAs can get their continuing professional education hours through podcasts, like listening to the wonderful Ed Kletz on the Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker. Thanks for the plug. But I want to talk about what you're doing because. It's really a disruption out there. What, what, why did, what, what started this? What was the, the impetus for it? We spoke to a lot of CPAs, and over and over and over again, when we asked them about one of their biggest pain points, continuing ed consistently popped up because they found that over and over again, it was purely compliance in their mind. It was, I got to check the box by the end of the year to keep my designation. And being a lifelong learner, and most CPAs are, I felt that was a real shame. Why would CPE be distinct from actually learning? And Wait, so, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And so we said, well, how do we make CPE engaging? How do we make it convenient? How do we make it something that people want to do because they value it and it fits into their life rather than being a disruption from their life? And being a big podcast fan already, of course, being a big fan of the Soul of Enterprise, among many other podcasts, I thought that this would be a great way to do that. And after we spoke to a lot of CPAs, they seemed to confirm that that suspicion. And over time, we, we launched the platform, and the response has just been phenomenal. And you have an interesting business model. Where, where, where's your target from a business model perspective? We are selling primarily B2B. Now, that can be either to a firm where they get it to support their staff and their L&D endeavors, or to an industry company. We've got companies like Pepsi or Lululemon, you know, companies like that, that are clients of ours. They've got lots of CPAs in their finance department. They need a good way to learn. So it's a balance then between those that are in practice publicly and private. Definitely, yeah. And, and we... At first, we went primarily after industry because the folks at, uh, in practice, they generally want a lot of technical uh, technical uh, accounting and tax and auditing standards and things like that. And that took us some time to be able to build up the repertoire internally and build the right team internally to be able to provide that on an ongoing basis. But now, thankfully, we're, we're big enough that we can produce that kind of stuff on an ongoing basis. And so we're able to provide a great solution to both firm and industry. And talk a little bit about that with regard to your production, because one of the things that I was very impressed by is your high, high level of production value. Unlike yeah. this podcast where we kind of throw it together at live, <laughs> live events, but you guys do a really great job with that. Talk a little bit about the background and because sure. of the reason for that. I mean... Look, there's a level that anything below that, it makes the experience itself difficult to enjoy. And that's our, our tagline and our mission as a company is to make professional education enjoyable. And if you're trying to learn while things are garbly and you can't hear somebody's voice very well and all that, it's just not getting across that experience that you want people to have when they're enjoying the podcast. And so from day one, it was something that we really 
cared about, but it wasn't something that we necessarily had in-house expertise in. So we were scrappy about it. We learned from some people. We tried our best. But eventually, I'm happy to say, we hired as the head of our our, our, uh, our content studio uh, a wonderful person from Washington, D.C. She actually helped build the uh, Washington Post podcast studio. She did the same for Axios Media. Somebody who really knows how to produce high-quality podcast content. And so now everything we do is at a quality level that makes her happy to say that she was part of it. Sure. And, and because you guys are doing long-form podcasts yeah. primarily. So, yeah. I mean, it's not like this short-form. People can people can deal with the background noise that's going on at a conference for like a sure. t- less than 10-minute podcast. But if they couldn't do this for a, an hour or two. Yeah. Usually our podcasts range from like 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, it always depends. We, we like to prioritize the content rather than some arbitrary time cutoff. But what you will find on our podcast is that we break everyone down into micro-learning chapters, 15 or 20 minutes a pop, so that if you have a short commute or, you know, you're going to go mow the lawn or brush your teeth or take the dog for a walk or whatever you want to do, it's a great way to kind of get a little chunk in, have a good stopping point, and be able to pick it up later. And you've branched out into more like story-type podcasts, yeah. too. So tell, tell a little bit, uh, just to give a preview about the one that you did, one of my favorite episodes with, about Lego. That's right, yeah. So we've taken kind of your standard kind of scripted narrative, maybe like NPR or true crime type of podcast, and we said, well, how can we make the CPE version of this? And so we started with some more true crimey ones, like the Bernie Madoff scandal. And we actually just launched one on, I don't know if you remember this, in the mid-90s, a guy named John Spano fraudulently bought the New York Islanders. He actually ran the team for like I three do. I'm, I grew up on Long Island. So, oh, yeah, there you so go. I was a, yep, yep. So we just did a whole one on that. So we started more in that kind of true crime fraud kind of genre. But then we started to move to more just like really interesting business cases. And so, as you mentioned, the Lego one, a lot of people don't know this, but Lego almost went bankrupt about, I think it was 18 years ago. And uh, they had this remarkable recovery, this really fascinating, creative new C- CEO that came in and totally changed everything. And if you are a Lego fan at all, or you know their movies, their video games, all of that came out of this kind of rebirth of what Lego is. And so we kind of tracked that um, reinvention of this beloved brand in a really interesting way. And we've actually got one coming out soon on the Zoom boom, right? Once the pandemic hit, Zoom went through some interesting times. Mm. And so we did one on that. So constantly trying to bring new and interesting business stories where we can pull out real business learning in a fun, engaging way. I'd love for you to go d- a deeper dive on the Anna Delvey story from a finance perspective. She's the one that Inventing Anna at, uh, on Netflix oh, is right. about. That would be a really interesting, just just the, the, the finance piece of that, because she scams some pretty big players. No kidding. We should probably do that. Because that is one of the benefits. Like, if we were producing this podcast for a general audience, people aren't going to be interested in, like, what were the due diligence deficiencies or like what did the auditors did they provide due care (laughs) (laughs) honestly we did one on the Satyam scandal in India and if people aren't familiar with this it was kind of it's called like the Enron of India the the, uh, founder of this company Satyam ended up you know cooking the books essentially billions and billions of dollars and PwC was the auditor PW India was the auditor and I mean they were doing silly things like they were getting bank confirmations from the client 
Now, let me tell you, most people won't really care about that or even understand how silly that is, but accountants, they get it. The light bulb goes off quickly. Yeah. Well, Michael, we have an exit question that we ask all of the guests who ever appear on this, and that is, who is a hero of yours, and why are they a hero? Dead or alive. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna go. With, well, see, I'm a history nerd, and so this is bringing me like I, I like I, I'm I'm going all over the place with this, but I'm probably gonna go with Teddy Roosevelt. Maybe it's too of a like cliche answer, but the guy in the 60 years that he was alive, he led a much more interesting life than like I'm gonna live in 300 years if I if I were to have that that opportunity. The fact that he was like a sickly young boy who became a boxer and a rancher and a navy man and you know led a charge in the in the Cuban War and you know ended up president of the United States it's it's hard to beat somebody like that so I'm going to go with Teddy. All right, lastly, how can somebody contact you, Michael? Two ways. I mean, LinkedIn is always good. Michael Kravchik, K R A V like Victor S H I K. I guarantee you I'm the only one out there. Or Michael at LumiQLearn, L-U-M-I-Q-L-E-A-R-N.com. All right, Michael Krashev, founder of LumiQ. LumiQ. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast.